0: Welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel Ross and I am the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching. Episode 46 is a very interesting chat with Lanny Bassam, the creator of the mental management system. His book, With Winning in Mind, is an excellent book that I read a few years ago and I find it very helpful with very actionable ideas. A little bit about Lanny from his website. In 1972, at the Munich-Germany Olympic Games, Lanny Bassam failed in his attempt to win the gold medal in international rifle shooting. He had a mental failure, resulting in his taking the silver instead, which from my mind, of course, silver still seems pretty awesome. But when you're going for gold, of course, um, silver would not be the same. All right, I'll keep going with the with the website details. Frustrated, Lani wanted to take a course in controlling the mind under pressure. After looking for such a seminar and not finding a satisfaction, Basson began to interview Olympic gold medalists to discover what they were doing differently to win. What he discovered was truly remarkable. Bassam created a system of mental control he called mental management. Within the next six years, Lanny Bassam dominated his sport, winning 22 world individual and team titles, setting four world records and winning the coveted Olympic gold medal in Montreal in 1976. For the past 34 years, sorry, Lanny has been teaching mental management to Olympians, business owners, Fortune 500 corporations and the elite of sport and business communities. This is fascinating. He has achieved so much through defining mental management. And his book defines as well what you need to think about to achieve mental control and how to actually do it. To control performance, especially in high-level competition, you need a system to help you in this process. You can't just um, wing it. Uh, It doesn't work that way. I'm sure we've all found that ourselves. And also as ultra runners, we all say ultra running is 90% mental and the rest is in our head. So why don't we train our mental aspect of um, our event? It's time we all started working more on this aspect of our training. And the mental management system and the book that I talked about with Winning in Mind will help you with this. I also hope the chat with Lanny helps you too. Hi, Lanny, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: Can you um, tell my audience a little bit about yourself? I've already given a bit of an intro, but just in your own words, a little bit about your background and how you got into teaching mental management to athletes.
1: Well, it all started with uh, me being a terrible athlete uh, growing up, and um, I got tired of people not wanting me to be on their team because I was kind of slow and short and uncoordinated, and... I started uh um looking for something I could do athletically and and I started got in, very interested in the Olympics and wasn't long after that a friend of mine invited me to a rifle club meeting and he, he uh he says you know rifle rifle shooting is an olympic sport I said are you sure <laughs> you know because, <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't reading any books about a olympic rifle shooters and but uh, he says oh yeah it's a cool sport and i said well how tall do you have to be to be a rifle shooter i'm really not that big and <laughs> he said well you don't understand you don't have to be big and strong to be a rifle shooter you just that it's the only sport in the olympics where you're trying to make the body stop and i thought well maybe i could do that so i got into rifle shooting and and um progressed and uh, went to sh- uh, college uh, shooting sports program and uh, was an all-american in college and then uh, went in the army and at that time in history the uh, um, the United States was dominating Olympic rifle shooting and all of the medalists were in the army at the army marksmanship unit and I managed to get a try out there and made the team and uh, uh, back in those days uh, we didn't really have classes on the mental game or anything the idea was you either had mental toughness or you didn't it wasn't something you could learn mm-hmm. and uh so we we just worked on form all the time we thought all our problems could be solved the form and uh which is obviously not true you're making mental mistakes that that cause technical mistakes as well but we yeah. didn't know that and so uh my teammates were the top guys in the world, and. Uh, so I was having trouble beating them, and I really didn't look at the middle game at all as being the reason until uh, the Olympics in 1972. I managed to make the Olympic team. Uh, that's no small, small thing. Uh, you know, no. my, my sport, they only take two shooters per country. Oh wow! Uh, so uh, uh, you have to. I had to beat a couple of guys that were really good to get on the team, but. Um, uh, when I got in the competition, uh, I just choked. I just couldn't handle the pressure. My teammate won, and I was skilled enough to manage a silver medal, but I oh, that's but awesome. I felt, I felt ter- terrible because I didn't get a silver with a good score. I got a I got a silver with a poor score for me, and and I realized that uh, I knew that I had to had to develop some mental skills. Yeah. So. Uh, My idea was that I really didn't need psychology. I needed to know what the winners knew, and uh, so I started asking them. I I spent a couple of years on the phone uh, talking to Olympic athletes, and, you know, if you're a silver medalist in the Olympics and you're talking to people on the phone, even if they don't know who you are, when they find out you're a silver medalist in the Olympics and they're gold medalists, and you're asking for help, they give it to you, and so I think I got some information that nobody else could get and uh, and I started seeing some similarities and I created a system with it and I used it uh, to win the world championships the next time out where in my sport the world championships is every four years like the Olympics and uh, and then two years later um, I won the gold medal and then uh, after a uh, and then two years after that, I won the world championships again, so I was pretty well pretty much dominated my sport for about um about six years. Oh that's awesome and, and then, you uh, credit
0: that to your men- to honing your mental
1: s- skills well i'm 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 getting there uh yep basically uh i I decided that other people might be interested in that. And so I started mental management systems in 1977. So I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. And so we have all kinds of clients, uh, PJ tour players and um, Olympic athletes. And uh, we actually have a few runners. So uh, you, you never know okay. who's going to come through our door. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I'm a full-time mental coach, you know, family-owned business. With uh, I have three children. They're all adult children. They're all... Me- Master level instructors with us, and so we stay busy uh, helping people with the mental game. And you know, it's interesting to me that uh, when you ask any top performer, any Olympic athlete, uh, what percentage of your sport is mental, you don't normally get a big number back. Yeah. Norm- I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, well, uh,
0: I mean, I mean, whenever you ask an ultra runner, you say they say ninety percent of it's mental, and the rest is in your head. So. We all credit it to being being at that, but yeah, we don't train it.
1: No, it doesn't make sense, does it? You know, <laughs> you you think it's ninety percent of the game, and you pretty much ignore it. And uh, that's that's not Australia; that's America too. I mean, it's everywhere, uh, and and it just doesn't make sense. It's not it's not logical. The only good thing about that uh, statistic is that uh, if you're one of the few that actually do something about the mental game, you have a big advantage because most of your competitors are ignoring it. Yeah, true. Yeah.
0: So why why do you think people don't train the mental game?
1: Well, I think, I, I'll give you a couple of reasons. First of all, there's not that many qualified mental trainers out there. There's a lot more technical coaches, form coaches than there are mental coaches. <laughs> Uh, And one of the reasons why there are more form coaches is two, two big reasons. First of all, it's, it's more fun to take a form lesson. Uh, And it is number two, it's easier to train form than it is to train the middle game, because in form you can, you can say, see that, see that runner, see how he's doing it. You do it like that, but try this, Uh, see that champion, see what he's thinking. Try that. Uh, Think like that. Uh, So, Mental training is—you um, have to—you have to change you, and and people don't want to do that. They want other things to change. They want to change mm-hmm. the shoes, change the equipment, change the form, change the instructor, uh, blame somebody else, but not me. You know, I don't yeah. want to change internally, and uh, so um, that's that—that's two big reasons. Uh, uh, and and I I think that that mental coaching as a profession. Uh, gets stronger and more in demand every year. It's a lot easier to talk to people about the mental game today than it was when I started. Yeah, and I so, can imagine. Yeah.
0: And um, so, um, you talk in your book about the conscious and the subconscious minds and self-image. Can you sort of give us a little rundown on the difference between those?
1: Sure. Um, the conscious mind is what you think about your thoughts. So if you have helpful and harmful oh, thoughts, thoughts, and you think about a harmful thought, you got a real problem. Uh, identifying the helpful thoughts and learning how to— which ones are? What should I be thinking about at the start of a race? Uh, what should I be thinking about when I'm just, when I'm trying to establish a pace? What should I think about when when I get to hills? What should I think about for for when, when my body starts talking to me and saying, "Let's don't do this anymore." What should I start <laughs> thinking about when? Uh, I've uh, got one lap left, or toward the end of the race. So, so there are are, are, are ideal thought patterns, and um, you know, for a long uh, a sport that has a, a long action phase, uh, you know, like marathon or triathlon or something like that, um, players need to athletes need to understand that uh, uh, that there's an optimal thing to think about at the start of the race and and during the race, and there's an optimal thing to think about immediately after the race. And so, so that's what the conscious mind is, is, is determining the helpful thoughts and then learning how to think about them all the time. The subconscious is really your skills. I mean, you, you develop that through good information, lots of reps, lots of years of doing it. And self-image, though, self-image is, uh, self-image is the difference between good and great. Self image makes you act like you. It's your habits and attitudes and what you think is true about you. If you and I are in a we're, we're in a contest together, it doesn't matter what it is, but we're in a contest together and we're trying to beat each other. And you think you can beat me, and I think you can beat me. It's pretty much over. Mm-hmm. With me. Really it doesn't yeah. matter what my skill level is. So that's self image. That's how self image works. So we have to learn how what what. What actually causes self-image to grow and shrink, and uh, and when you can control that, uh, you're you know that's it's a big advantage. The top uh, five percenters, I personally believe that 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 95 percent of winning is done by five percent of the of the participants, and the top five percent uh, don't think at all like the people in the middle of the leaderboard. So. Uh, uh, and especially their self-image is 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 much is much much different. So you, you, once you start realizing what what how do the top five percent think and and what what's the difference between their self-image and my self-image, uh, you start patterning yourself after the guys that are winning. You're absolutely going to get closer to winning than where you were.
0: So um, when runners often, they'll come into a race saying, oh, I'm not, I'm not fit enough or I'm not strong enough or I'm a slow start, or I'm bad at hills. All that sort of stuff almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, I believe that, the, uh, that your attitude about yourself uh, changes by imprinting. So what, what actually happens to you creates an imprint. I mean, if you're successful, if, you're, if you win a race, it's like you to win, but if you don't win a race, it's not like you to win. So that's, that's a one form of imprinting. Another form of imprinting is the people that you're around or the environment that you're around. If you're around a bunch of positive people, you tend to be positive. If you're around a bunch of jerks, you tend to be a jerk. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, uh, but the ones that we can really control or what you think about, talk about, and write about. So what what the top people do is they're tremendously optimistic people. They always believe that the next the next race is going to be better than this one. Uh that's that's not the way the people in the middle of the leaderboard think. Mm-hmm. The people in the middle of the leaderboard think, oh gosh, you know, I'm gonna what if I have another one? Or they worry. Uh top five percent don't worry. They they do, <laughs> just don't do it. And the reason is because every time you think about something, every time you talk about something, you become it. And so if you're worried that I'm not going to do well, you've just improved the probability that you're not going to do well. You know, self, self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's, it's true about, with all sports. And, you're, and yet people tend to talk about what they did wrong to each other. Yeah, you're right. Now, that's, that's, that's not common among the top 5%.
0: So how do you stop the worrying thoughts?
1: Well, you got to make a decision. Uh, who, who do you want to be? And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not good enough to say, well, I'm just wired this way. I'm just a negative person. No, you choose to be negative. It's like people saying, well, I'm in a bad mood. No, you, you choose to be in a bad mood. You, mm. can, you can change your mood anytime you want. You can change your, your, what, you're, what you're thinking about it's the key is 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 understanding the imprinting. Every time you think about something, you become it. Every time you talk about about what you did or what you want to do, you, you don't have to talk about your problems to other people. You don't have to complain. The people that complain a lot tend to tend to to have a lot of the same things show up again over and over and over. So so what you have to do is change change your behavior. Just say okay, I'm going to think about what I want to have happen. I'm not going to think about, I'm not going to worry about what I'm afraid might happen. I'm not going to talk about what I did wrong. I'm going to talk about what I should have done, or I'm going to talk about what I want to do. You know, the, every time you think about or talk about a, a problem, your self-image shrinks. Every time you think about yeah. or talk about a solution to a problem, your self-image grows. So talk about solutions, talk You don't have to brag about what you did right to get better. You just need to... To talk a lot about what you need to do and less about what you did wrong Yeah, and, and the other big deal is is to, to learn how to journal learn how to Keep a performance journal where you're writing down what you've learned. You're writing down what you did, right? You're writing down your goals uh, And not writing down what you did wrong uh, but uh, constantly documenting because I believe that that a written imprint is stronger than just thinking mm-hmm. talking about it. So I mean we've seen so many examples of people that that had uh, a poor self-image in one in one area and 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 become actually world famous for that after after they they changed the imprinting. So uh it's it's. I mean, for me, mental management was a game changer. When I learned how to run a mental system, when I learned how to change my self-image, um, I went from being somebody who didn't win very much for about three years on the U.S. team to somebody that dominated my sport for six years. Uh, and it, and I wasn't really significantly better technically. Uh, I just stopped worrying, uh, working on the thing that wasn't really going to get a lot better, which is my form. And started working on the thing that I needed to get better, which was, was my 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 conscious mind, my my thoughts and my uh, and my self-image.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um and, and I think I know a lot of the listeners will be thinking they do a lot of that worrying and all that sort of stuff. And so therefore they could improve that significantly, no doubt. Um well, do so you have uh, the principles of mental management. Now, I know you don't have, you can't go through them all now, but can you give us sort of a, a brief outline so that people know what it kind of involves?
1: Sure. Um, I believe that uh, the conscious mind, uh, I believe that, that performance, regardless, whatever your performance is, is a function of three mental processes, the conscious, the subconscious, and the self-image. And when those are all balanced and working together, good performance is relatively easy. It's certainly a lot more enjoyable when you're consistently performing well. And, and so there, it's possible to balance these things out. And everything we do in life has three phases to it. It has an anticipation phase where you're preparing to do something. It has an action phase where you actually do it. It has a reinforcement phase, what you think about what you've just done. So it, we have a uh, three phases to 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 go into a restaurant, you know, anticipation phase where we're going to go, uh, what are we going to eat, uh, action phase we eat and uh, reinforcement phase we pay the bill and we think mm, was that food good? Uh, do I want to go back there? So so we have an anticipation, action, reinforcement phase of every task in sport. Uh, a race would be the action phase, or. A shot or a golf shot or something. So So what's the optimum thing to think about right before you do you do something that improves the probability that the outcome is going to be what you want? What's the optimum thing to think about during the action? and what's the optimum thing to think about immediately after the action? And what's really interesting is that these three uh, phases of task and the three mental processes are all linked together. The anticipation phase is a conscious circle issue, the action phase is a subconscious circle issue, and the reinforcement phase is a self-image issue. So your self-image is built up or torn down by how you respond to what just happened to you. So most people, or a lot of people, uh, tend to react to what just happened instead of responding to what just happened. So reacting, it doesn't take any mental skills at all. If it if it was good, you're you're happy, and if it was bad, you're not, and uh, you 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 tend to talk that way, and you reinforce whatever happened based on the results. Well, results are always a variable. So if your mental game is a function of outcome or results, then you'll never achieve mental consistency. So what we actually do is we teach people how to respond to what just happened to you. So that you're always responding the same way regardless of, of the outcome. And uh, basically what you're doing is we're teaching people when the outcome is good, you think about it a little bit. You you reinforce it. When the outcome is bad, you think, well, what was the lesson in that? What what, what did I learn? I mean, yeah. making making a mental error, or excuse me, making an error is not a mental. It's not, not a mental error. Making a mistake is not a mental error. Making a mistake and learning from it is a requirement to get better. Yeah. So, we 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 need to make mistakes, not because we we just need to make mistakes. We need to we need to learn from those mistakes. So so I've never met a champion yet that didn't tell me that I made thousands of mistakes. The only difference between me and the guy in the leaderboard middle of the leaderboard is that I. Learn from my mistakes, and that's why I've got a gold medal on the wall. And I, I think that that's that's the one of the big differences between these guys is they tend to uh, they tend to learn from from what they did wrong. You don't look at a, at, at an error as being a a, a a mistake or a loss, or or uh, they look at that as they're saying, "Hmm, what is this teaching me?" and what's the what's the lesson in this? And that's what. Responding is all about is to taking what happens to you and saying, hmm, if it was good that I'm rewarded, if it was bad, then i, I, I that's a lesson. There's winning and winning and learning, not winning and losing. That makes a yeah. no difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, I see many runners beat themselves up when they've not performed as well as they would have hoped in a in a race. And so basically you're saying that doing that is just reinforcing it and ensuring it can happen again.
1: That's right. I mean, you just ask anybody that beats himself up. Ask him this question. How's that working out for you? <laughs> Good point. Yeah.
0: So um, what is the role, do you believe, of rehearsal or visualization of um, your activity?
1: Well, it kind of depends on what you mean by visualization. Yep. Uh, the uh, I I think that there are, I particularly don't use the word visualization too much. I use the word rehearsal. Yeah. Uh, it It's it's not it, it, if your de- definition of visualization is the same as my definition of rehearsal, then they're synonymous terms. But but imagining that you're doing something well, uh, rehearsing it is. I'm I'm wanting my athletes to think about not only what they're seeing but also what they're feeling and i want it to be more of more than just picturing outcome like if, if i'm working with a golfer it, i'm not i'm not i don't want you to picture where the ball goes i want you to picture what it felt like to get it there and uh, what were yeah. you what were you thinking about when you were successful uh what did the body feel like when you were doing it and uh, I'm convinced that that helps you to repeat that process, and to 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 be more a little bit more self-aware there. But uh, um, it just t- kind of depends. I mean, I know people that 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 think about visualization as being watching themselves in a movie, and I don't know that that's as effective as what I'm talking about in a rehearsal. But we we do use rehearsal a lot in our mental process, uh, we teach people, especially sports that have a a proactive element, like the start of every race, is a proactive element. I mean, you you can run a mental process to start a race. You can run a different mm. mental process to establish a pace. You can run a different different mental process on hills. There there is there is a uh, you can learn a, a a a way to think that that improves the probability that the outcome will be what you want it to be. And then while you're competing, you're you're, pro, you're the real key is to is to think about the process, not about the outcome. Uh, one of the the tragic things we have that we see happening with some of our clients with a long action phase like runners is that um, they'll they'll be in a race and one of the things that that's a, you're aware in a, in a long distance race is you're, you're aware, kind of aware when people are passing you that you're that you're kind of not gaining on them and and so you you get to, To a point to where you realize I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reach the time that I wanted I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be where I wanted to be and now you start to 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 give up and you still got a lot of a lot of miles to go (laughs) you know kilometers to go and and uh, that's a real bad habit to get into because now now you are are reinforcing. That, uh, that 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 I'm somebody that gives up. As, I let the environment determine how I how I finish and how I how I uh, how I work, and uh, so pretty soon the environment's running your your mental game and you're not doing it. And there's not there's no consistency to it at all. And a, a better way to go is to uh, what I'm learning from uh, my clients that are successful is that they. Uh, they they say, look, I'm going to run this race regardless of the outcome. But uh, but every every part of the race is 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 something that I'm. It's a test. But I'm now. It doesn't really matter where I'm at. I'm my, I'm tested. To, how am I going to finish this thing? You know what 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 is what's, what's uh, is it like me to finish strong or is it like me to give up? You know what what's, what's what are, what I'm willing to settle for, and that really helps. Yeah, because I was going to say,
0: um, it would be hard with, with something like ultra running, which can take many, many hours to always to to rehearse that whole race. But you're saying you can actually rehearse certain elements of it and use that throughout the that, race. That's right.
1: No, I'm I'm not an advocate of trying to to hold uh, uh, the same mental process for long periods of time. I think mm. I think there there, there are, you, you make up your mind as, to, as we. Uh, like in some sports that have a very short action, a- action phase, like, like an archer, uh, the number one archer in the world runs our, runs our system, our mental process. And um, uh, his action phase is, is very short. I mean, it starts when he releases the, 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 the string and, and it ends when the arrow exits the boat. There's not much to think about during that period of time. But it's a world of difference when you've got a long action phase, like a, like a race that could be hours. Uh, yeah. so, so what you do is you pick your moments and you say, okay, I'm going to, I have a, I have a certain mental process for the start of the race. I have a certain mental process. When I establish my pace, I have a certain mental process for Hills. I have a certain mental process for the end of the race. And, and, uh, and, you, and, and runner starts to, to figure out there's, there's times when I need, I need to have a structured way to think. And in between that, that time, I don't. And I can think about whatever I want to think about, as long as it does, doesn't give me a negative imprint, because the negative imprinting is 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 destructive. But I can think about a lot of different things. I can think about, you know, most most of my clients that are runners really like to run, so, so yeah. they, and, and, and they like they I like to, to to look around. And they like to see what's going on, and that you know it's 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 not a. Uh, the, the um, uh, an effort of, of trying to keep your your mind on a certain thing over and over again. I think you would get very mentally tired, and yeah. uh, I don't know that that would work. Um, so,
0: yeah, that no, that's fair enough. Um, so, how much seeing as it's so important, you know, mental management. How much time should we spend on developing this, and and how would we structure it?
1: Well, I think the first—I think you need to, to to figure out what's the really important information that I don't know that I need to know. I think that's the first thing, and there there's a there's a lot too to know. Uh, learning learning how to what are the principles of mental management things that you know it's there there are a lot of principles that that uh, once you know why something works. I mean, what we do in our school and our, our, our courses is we teach people, we say, okay, we've talked to the people that are winning all the medals and we talk, now we have talked to all of them, of course, but with, I mean, I've been around a long time. I'm just older than everybody else, but uh, I, I have, I developed a system and used it to win a gold medal in the Olympics. So what we do is we teach techniques that are still being used, and, are, and we, we refine the techniques when we, when we find people that, that, that have something to say, that add, add to it, that work under, under high stress like, like the Olympics. And if it, <clears> if it won't work in the Olympics, I won't teach it. And if it will work in the Olympics, it'll work anywhere. So what we're trying to do is give a person mental control, the ability to control what they're thinking about, to make fewer mental mistakes, uh, and and to be able to do that consistently and have a consistent mental process. So the first step is to learn what do you, what, what do you need to know that you don't already know The second one is to is to develop a mental process what should, what is are the optimum things for me to think about before during and after a race before during and after the start of a race or before and after what 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 about the the, the finish what what should I what are those those important things to think about? And then the last one is to learn how to overcome the obstacles that sen- tend to derail people, like pressure, like overtrying, mm. like overthinking, like uh, like worrying about what other people. Uh, say uh, about, about being, being distracted by emotional connections with other people. Uh, uh, other, I can't, can't run when I've got this guy, uh, you know, I'm running with him, or I can't, uh, you know, if I have an argument with my wife right before I, I run, I mess up, or w- whatever it is, that learning how to control, to, to stay focused and to stay in, uh, um, stay in, in, in form uh, without being distracted or pulled away by some obstacle, so we kind of break our training down like that, and then um, try to make it transformational instead of just informational. Hmm.
0: So how does how does that work?
1: Well, there's a lot of ways to get it. The difference between informational and transformational is this: is that informational, you know the information transformational it's like you to do it there's a big yeah. difference between those two okay but a oh, lot yeah. of people a lot of people make an informational investment and want a transformational result mm-hmm. I, I'll give you an example well I'm, I want to be I want to be fit so I'll, uh, I'll I'll buy a a, a fitness machine a, a, a treadmill or something like that and but I don't get on it you know i i know i know it it, i know i should i know i should eat fruits and vegetables and not bread but i eat bread you know okay Mm. so so i know i know how to lose weight you eat things you don't want to eat you 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 don't get to eat things you do want to eat you have to exercise (laughs) you don't want to exercise i know how to lose weight but but having lost a lot of weight doesn't It doesn't transfer into being transformational. It's like me to do it. It's like me to eat vegetables. It's like me to exercise. So what does it take? Well, I think it takes four things to be transformational. I don't care what you're doing. It's going to need these four things. The first one is you do need good information. And you can get that a lot of different ways. A book, a seminar, an online course, a a lecture, whatever it is. The second one is application by an expert. We'll never eliminate coaches. We'll never eliminate teachers. We'll never eliminate parents. We'll never eliminate mentors. Somebody who's walked the walk has to tell you how to do it and, and help you apply it because you're, you're gonna not do a very good job applying it yourself. You, you need help with people that are, that are experts in helping you apply it. Pay, pay, it, pay your coaches. And you get what you pay for you know the guy's mm-hmm. going to show you how to do it and and he's not going to charge you for it it's probably not your very best choice i'm not saying that it doesn't always it doesn't it doesn't all that never works but it but it's rare then the the next step is you need confirmation somebody needs to watch you probably that expert needs to watch you do it and say to you you're doing it right because you'll have a lot more confidence if an expert tells you you're doing it right, because otherwise you'll always wonder, am I doing it right or not? And then finally, you need consultation, because you're going to have to ask questions, and, and, and you're going to get answers to questions. And I don't care how good you write a book. People who have a question, you can ask a book a question all you want, and there's no answer to <laughs> that. So so it it takes more than just reading a book or or watching a video you know it for for transformation to occur
0: Yeah no that's that's very true and 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 I I do agree because I mean I'm sure lots of people have read many books on how to become mentally strong but things don't seem to change as well so it's the um the transformation of that information that's so important And so um, if if someone just say someone has read, for instance, your book and um, are wanting to apply it, like, should they be training their mental side every day? And do they do that while they're running as well as outside of running? And how should they focus that?
1: No, that's a very good question. I think one of the big advantages of mental training is that you can do it while you're doing physical training you know it it doesn't require an extra hour in the gym uh it doesn't require a lot of extra time uh you actually are practicing if you if you run our program every time you every time you participate in your sport you are building your conscious your subconscious and your self image whether it be training or competition every time you spend an hour doing it, that saying that hour is building or tearing down those yeah. three those three processes. So once you once you make an investment to get the information that you need, develop a system to, to train and get better at these certain things, develop some habits and attitudes and build your self-image and protect your self-image, then then you're, it's it, it's not going to take any extra time away uh, from, uh, your, your, the, the thing that you really like to do. Uh, so you do it at the same time.
0: Yeah. Which, which makes sense. And, um, and, and I like that you say that you can be either building yourself up or tearing yourself down because honestly, sometimes the negative thoughts you have when you're running, well, then you're just um shooting yourself in the foot basically.
1: Yep. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So do you, um, we'll start wrapping up, and do you have any sort of tips just for ultra runners just to get started on, on thinking about how they can um, start? Um, well, I mean, you've given lots of tips, but any just sort of real little ones that they can just start with the next time they run? If they're out running, running now, what are some things that they can focus on?
1: I think that uh, if I were to look back on all the things that I have learned the thing that probably has helped more people than anything else is controlling how you respond to what happens to you. When things go right, you need to spend some time reinforcing what did that feel like? What did that do for me? What was I doing? What was I thinking about when I did that? What What? I want that to happen again, so let's spend some time reinforcing that. And that happens in the reinforcement phase of a task, right after a race, right after a, uh, whatever it is that you did well, uh, re- writing it down in a journal, of, uh, reinforcing that, you you're dramatically improve the probability that, you'll, that it'll repeat. And, and then respond appropriately to when things go wrong. I mean, think about the fact that how many times in your life have things happened to you, and at the time you thought this was a tragedy, this was an obstacle, mm-hmm. this was terrible, but looking back on it later, you find out that I'm so glad that happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, for, for me, I couldn't make the baseball team when I first... Uh, uh, try to. We have baseballs big in America, and so we, all the little kids learn how to play baseball. And, well, I, I couldn't make the baseball team, and and uh, so so I kept. I started looking for things that I could do. Well, if I'd have been even an average baseball player, I never would have won a gold medal in Olympics and rifle shooting. So okay. so uh, and, and last time I looked, baseball's not in the Olympics. So <laughs> that the that then. I've had other things, a silver medal in the Olympics. I choked in the Olympics, got a silver medal. That's my favorite medal. That mm-hmm. choke, that choke has given, has fed my family for 45 years. Yeah. And feeds my three children's families. So, so that's my favorite medal, the silver, not the gold medals, not the world titles. Uh, it, yeah. it's, you know, so I would say, respond, look, look at a mistake. As a lesson, there's nothing more more powerful than that.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's great information. And I think, yeah, we could all benefit from improving how we respond. All right, well, thank you so much. Can you tell my listeners how they can... um find out more about you or you know maybe even i assume you do online courses and that sort of thing as well So do we do, so we maybe, do
1: especially yeah. now especially now because yes, of course you know, everybody's locked down so uh, so we're doing we have we have some some exciting new online courses that are very inexpensive and if you just uh, uh send me an email at lanny at com, i'll send you back all the information that we have uh you can go to our website uh we have two websites. One is mentalmanagement.com and the other one is mentalmanagementstore.com. And uh, okay. you go to this uh, mental management store to see our books and, and things like that. But, but if you'll just send me a personal email, lanny at mentalmanagement.com, I'll make sure that, that you get all of the information or know how to get all the information of the, the things that we're, we're doing. And, and uh, I'm actually doing an online uh, course for coaches uh, this this uh, in June, and we have also okay. talks about the system that, that I've been describing. Uh, we also have one, uh, an, an online, co- I mean, a, a, a webinar. We have a webinar, uh, both of these are webinars, a webinar on our system, and then uh, there's a webinar on coaching.
0: Oh, well, that's, yeah, that'll be great. And, yeah, I can imagine you would have lots of online stuff now, so... Um, what I'll do is I'll put all of those um, sites and addresses in the show notes so people don't have to memorize it they can just go there and have a look and then connect with you and I think a lot of people would benefit from that sounds great so yep thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it and the fantastic information it's been very beneficial my pleasure thank you hope you find our discussion interesting. I really enjoyed what he spoke about in regards to um, going over the feelings of what's going to happen in competition. And um, I think that's something really important to do and especially as he spoke of doing it within training. Um, another aspect from his book and that is so important is focusing on the positives of what you are doing and not dwelling on the negatives. I think sometimes, especially if we have a DNF or a race doesn't go the way we like, we focus on all the negative things instead of looking for all the positives that came out of it, what things did work well, what things did go well, and then just putting the DNF or the not so good aspects behind us, learning from them, but putting them behind us and moving on, focusing on All the good things that we've done, because at the end of the day, we run for fun, and it should be enjoyable. And so, look for the positives and enjoy them, and 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 revel in them. Ultra running is tough; don't make it tougher. Focus on the positives. Anyway, I hope you really enjoyed that chat, and seriously, I do highly recommend his book with "Winning in Mind." Uh, Next week's podcast is with Matt Fitzgerald, and a very highly rated author and it's in regards to his book 8020 training. I'm sure you'll find it really interesting. I um I once again this is a book I read a while ago and I've wanted to chat to him for a long time and the book is excellent and I use a lot of the principles in my coaching as well. But um I think it's certainly something you really need to think about. It's in regards to um 80% of your training should be you know easy, easy training. And we spoke about this a bit in the coach's round table episode a little while ago. So have a look that up and and have a listen to that. That will give you a bit of a backstory on what I will speak with Matt about. And um, yeah, so that's next week. Thank you so much for your support in subscribing, rating and reviewing my podcast. I truly appreciate that support. I also really appreciate the private messages people send me to tell me about the value that they're getting out of the podcast. Thank you so much to everybody. Also, contact me on isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to organise your coaching for the upcoming race season. I hope you all are having excellent time uh, getting out a bit more, being able to travel a bit more to do your training. I know I've been able to, um, you know, I went to Red Hill the other day. It's just so nice to train in some different places. So I hope you are enjoying that too. Have a great week.